You are locked on wild, your Minnesota wild every day. We are a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joe Booley of ZoneCoverage.com. And with me is Tony Abbott of The Athletic Minnesota. Tony, uh, Zone Coverage, their Twitter account has been uh, posting uh, kind of like a a little uh, retweetable type thing. Um, I don't even know what you call those on Twitter, but basically you can kind of fill in the blank. Um, It was the... um, your first stadium that you've ever been at, the last stadium that you've ever been at, the worst stadium that you've ever been at, and the best stadium that you've ever been at. Hmm. So uh, I'll let you think about that one and chew on it because uh, the first one that I was ever at, if I remember right, was probably Met Center as a real as a young kid, and I barely remember it. Okay. Yeah. The last stadium I was at was actually I went to a, a wild game just this year, and that was the XL, XL Energy Center. And when it comes to the worst stadium, it has to be the Metrodome. <laughs> oh God, yes, it was such a dump, but it was our dump, I guess. I suppose <laughs> not really. I mean, no, I guess it was, it was so ours, bad. but that's not really something to be proud of. No, it's not. It was universally panned as one of the worst stadiums in all of uh, all of baseball and and I think I've only I only saw like a couple of football games um one Vikings game and one Gophers game I think there in in its entire history and um yeah it, I was not a fan of that stadium at all and then the best stadium that I've been at uh you know I would say like oh I would say that like XL Energy Center is still one of my favorites, but um, the best stadium has got to be Target Field in this market because it's just it's it's newer, first of all. But even then, um, it's just got such great sight lines and um, and and the food options, and I you know it's just, it's got a cool, intimate vibe to it that um, you know the X does pretty well too, but. Uh, um, you know, the target field is certainly more shiny. All right. So I, I am going to say that my first like stadium was probably at the time it was called Jack Murphy Field. Then it became Qualcomm Stadium San Diego. It was a multi-purpose park, baseball, football. So you can imagine how good that was. Probably was not very good. I don't yeah, really I remember they, it that well. I think they've renamed it now. It's like San Diego college something something it's it's like the college team down there in san diego i think plays it's completely unused now because because i mean i don't know if it's completely unused but uh but the chargers play in la now and the padres play in petco park i moved uh right before they opened petco park from san diego so I, i i do not have petco park knowledge i would love to see petco park yeah um I've been there twice now, and I would really like to go to Petco. Or I've been to actually San Diego three times, but I would I haven't gone to Petco, and each time I would have really liked to have gone. Mm. The last stadium that I was at was also the XL Energy Center. Uh, the worst stadium that I've been to was also the Metrodome, and I just gotta say, like the baggy was so embarrassing. That's an <laughs> embarrassment. Um. So uh yeah I I will uh I'll I'll say that I I saw the last game played in the Metrodome the last Twins game played in the Metrodome. Did you? Okay. 
So you saw the last game. Was there a lot of ransacking going on right after the the final out was made? I don't think so. Just because they had uh, they had uh, one. Everyone was just disappointment because the the Twins got eliminated by the Yankees again, and uh, and I don't think so because they uh, the Metrodome continued on. Oh yeah, that's right. Vikings. Yeah, the Vikings. Yeah, I I was actually at opening day. Or was it? It was either opening day or it was home opener of the last season that the Twins played at the Metrodome, and I didn't go to another Twins game until the final game of the first season at Target Field. For the best one, I'll put this to you: I really like CHS Field. I actually haven't been there, but uh, just being. Um, you know, just driving by there by uh, on 52 there, I mean, it looks like it's a fun atmosphere. It's real small. It looks great. The field looks great. Uh, I could, I've heard really, really good things about CHS field. Yeah, I was able to make it out there a couple times last year, and it's it's a really fun place to watch the game. The park's beautiful. It, like, I mean, obviously it's a, it's a, it's an independent league, so, like, it's not going to be, like, as big as Target Field, which is very nice in its own right. I really like mm-hmm. Target Field. But, like, I don't know. Like, I, I like the I like the smaller, more, uh, much more in, intimate by, you know, necessity, right? Because you're not right, pulling yeah. in, uh, tens of thousands of people in. But it, it's just, like, a real fun place to watch a ball game. And uh, and if, uh, if we get to go and do sporting events this year... Uh, I will. I will definitely make sure to go out to uh, to CHS mm-hmm. a couple times. Can I make just a uh, an honorable mention for worst stadium, Joe? I would love to hear this. <laughs> okay, uh, I have not been there since it's been uh, renovated, but Target Center was so bad in terms of just like I thought the amenities, like the inside the actual like arena, is fine, but. The concourses, the amenities, the, the, the food uh, choices and stuff like that. I thought it was mostly a dump and mostly garbage. Weird. I have not been to uh, to Target Center yet, so I guess I, I could not know. Yeah. I I was not a fan of that building. Like, it was okay to there to go to concerts and stuff like that, for, but I did not like um, Target Center. But I have not been there since it's been remodeled, and I've heard that it uh, – the facelift on it is is really great. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I um, I also want to try to get out to Allianz Field. Like, I'm not a soccer fan in even the slightest, but they've got a uh, craft brewery deck that what? I want to check out. <laughs> Joe, you know what we got to do? We just got to make an outing out of this. This should be uh, this should be uh, this should be like a thing that we do as a podcast and and we can uh we can live stream our dumb faces out to the world from the soccer stadium not even talk about the game just like drink the craft beer yeah uh, i absolutely i think that would be a, a great idea i've heard that the atmosphere for um for loons games are is just one of those things that's just it's awesome. I won't be concerned and, with it. I'll be just drinking the craft beer. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, so as much as so if if there's one reason why I haven't been to a one yet is because I just don't like soccer. 
it's just not my jam. But you know, maybe maybe one of these days I will get out there. Who knows? You just gotta get super pissed and talk in a Welsh accent. And when I say pissed, I mean the Welsh word for drunk. <laughs> I mean it in the Welsh sense. Can you know what? Yeah, we'll let it through. We'll let it through. Uh, okay. All right. Well, let's take a break, but we have a topic today. Uh, we want to get into kind of a uh, preponderance of what if when it comes to Marion Gabrick. So sit right through the break, a uh, couple commercials, and then we'll be right back. We'll talk some Gabby here on Locked On Wild. Welcome back to Locked On Wild. And uh, Tony and I are here with uh, kind of a preponderance of what if. With Marion Gabrick, uh, obviously Marion Gabrick was drafted by the Wild in the first uh, draft that the Wild were able to take part in. And, um, you know, he had a 17-year career, not all of them with Minnesota. He spent eight years here with Minnesota. And, um, you know, he had uh, some ups and downs, certainly some highs um, and uh, some absolute uh, phenomenal seasons with Minnesota. Um but uh, yeah, there's uh, there there was some stuff kind of left wanting uh, us wanting more, I suppose, of Marion Gavick. Would you say, Tony? Yeah, like I think that uh, I mean, obviously the talent was there, and he oh, yeah. was transcendent at times, like absolutely transcendent. Uh, there are seasons where the Minnesota Wild just simply do not make the playoffs if Marion Gavick's not there. Uh, that playoff run in two thousand three, two thousand four, that doesn't happen if it's not for. If it's not for Marion Gabrick, just absolutely lighting it up. Uh, mm-hmm. Just an absolutely great transcendent player who uh, I, I think you and I both think caught a lot of bad breaks. And this leads us to our uh, our listener's choice question. This coming from Dustin Nelson. Do a podcast about what ifs in Marion Gabrick's career. Yeah, so we are going to do that. Okay. Let's start with the first Big question. Obviously, Marion Gabrick had uh, some issues with his legs. I think he had a hip flexor at one point. I think he had a, a groin and another. Um, what if he had a fully healthy um, career? Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about this. Or uh, let, let's let's just do this with the Wild right now. Let's sure, do it yeah. purely with the Minnesota <clears throat> Wild. What he's able to accomplish in a Minnesota Wild sweater. Let's start with what he did accomplish. So we have Marion Gabrick played eight seasons for Minnesota, had 500 games in a wild sweater, scored 219 goals, uh, really good. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think that is a pace of, that is a pace of 36 goals per season uh, along with, uh, or per 82 game season, which is kind of the rub here, uh, along with 218 assists. So this is a, this is a guy who over any 82 game stretches is going to give you 72 points right off the bat. Unfortunately, okay. he didn't play nearly that. He played 502 games in eight seasons, which comes out to being about 63 games per season or 77% of his games. One out of four games that he could have participated in, he did not. And uh, one of this was due to uh, a uh, a contract dispute. He needed to get signed, and it went uh, well into the year before he was able to get signed. Uh, but the rest of it is pretty much injuries, including some Absolutely catastrophic years. Uh, in 2006-2007, he had 30 goals but played just 48 games. Yeah, which yeah. is absolutely absurd. That's like a that's like a 50 goal season there that, uh, that oh, yeah. got left on the table. In 
2008-2009, he had 13 goals in 17 games, did not uh, got hurt early in the year, did not come back till nearly almost the end and went on an absolute tear. Yeah. Uh, so like these are these are huge seasons left on the table, but but let's not even let's not even extrapolate these seasons, you know, the these uh amazing peak potentially career years and mm-hmm. figure out what he's gonna do, you know, based off, off like the top one percent of these numbers because like these are insane. Oh, yeah. Let's just say that he played seventy seven games a year. That's ninety four percent of his games. And let's say that he did it at the averages that he did. So about uh, 0.43 goals per game, about 0.86 points per game, right? Okay, yep. So that bumps his games played total from 502 all the way to 616 points. That's a big jump. Huge jump. And his goals jump similarly, up uh, up 50 goals and uh, and 49 assists. So we've got... Now we're dealing with in 616 games, uh, 269 goals and 536 points, which is real good. Like this is uh, for an eight-year stretch. That is uh, that is 34 goals per season, and, and like I said, we're probably leaving some goals on the table on top of that just by you know some of these seasons being taken away at his absolute peak. That's that's insane. And obviously, you're going to have ebbs and flows through career. Uh, so maybe he hits 50 one year. Maybe he gets closer to 30 on another um, rather than some of the in-between seasons as well. And so uh, – but the, that's that's unreal. I mean, the, think, think of it. The Wild having a 50-goal score, like that would have been yeah, absurd. I mean, I mean, there there were two seasons right there where that could have – you know, that could have mm-hmm. happened pretty easily. Absolutely. So here's another what if. Obviously, the if he stayed healthy, the numbers are eye popping. But uh, remember, he lost a season right in the middle of there uh, in his what would have been kind of his age 22 season uh, during because of, of an entire season being canceled due to a lockout. What if there was no lockout? So I just did the uh, I just added another 77 game season at his averages. Which would give him uh, that that would give him thirty four goals and thirty three assists, bumping his totals up to three hundred and three goals and three hundred assists. That's six hundred and three points in six hundred and ninety three games played. Which is uh, again, like we're talking about a peak year. Like if you're looking at, you know, like if you're looking at the three seasons that came after the lockout. And who boy, like you're talking maybe like 40 goals that we left on the table instead of. Oh, yeah, yeah. And like like you said, Joe, like maybe even 50. Um, But that, yep, that's uh, we'll we'll be a little conservative and say 303 goals through 693 games at this point. Uh, That's that's still pretty crazy. Another, I guess another one, because with Marion Gabbard, he came in in 2000 and 2001, obviously. And the, the the league was a much different league prior to that lockout last season. There was a lot more obstruction. There's clutching and grabbing. There were bigger goalie pads. There were um, less, re- I guess, restrictions on what uh, players could do to mitigate other players from scoring. What if he came in? Let's say let's 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 say Sidney Crosby. What if he came in in the same year as Sidney Crosby? So this is a this is a pretty interesting thing because we did the math on the five seasons 
before the lockout. We're talking goals per team per game, and then uh, and then the five years after. So the uh, before the lockout, uh, teams were scoring about two point six seven goals per team per game, and then after the lockout, it jumps up to two point nine uh, ninety one. And wow. like that doesn't sound like a huge increase, and it's not huge. It's not massive. But it's a solid nine percent increase. So we're talking. So with that nine percent increase, that uh, that moves up his total in his first nine seasons, hypothetically, to three hundred and thirty goals, and uh, and three hundred and twenty-seven assists. So six hundred and fifty-seven points in six hundred ninety-three games. Average Ooh. that out. That goes to point uh, nine four points per game. Do you want to <laughs> tell me how many active players have? Point nine four points per game, Joe. Active players, I would say that there's maybe a, just a couple, and we're talking like Connor McDavid. Uh, with uh, with five hundred games played, so uh, McDavid, oh, with five hundred games. Okay, so, no, uh, I I couldn't I couldn't even begin to tell you. So I can I can because I I have the list. Yeah, you, you did the list. So uh, it's ten. So we have Crosby, Malkin, Ovechkin, Kucherov, Patrick Kane. Uh, Steven Stamkos, and then it gets to uh, to below one point per game. So this is the range that we're talking about for uh, for Gabrick in this hypothetical. Uh, we're talking Nicholas Backstrom, Ilya Kovalchuk, Nathan McKinnon, and John Tavares. Oh, I could you imagine if this team had that kind of weapon? 0.476 goals per game, Joe. Do you want to tell me how many players? Uh, with uh with a minimum of 500 games have had 0.47 goals per game or more active players career 15 oh way less way less way four. less okay all right for ovechkin stamkos kovalchuk and crosby so <laughs> absurd so we're talking about a hall of fame caliber goal scorer you know with uh with you know some health and I mean, and not even like a, a. I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess a lot of health. He's ninety four percent of your games played. You're kind of an Iron Man there, but let's say he was. Let's say he was. That is like Hall of Fame goal scorer. If you know he played in a, a slightly more favorable era, and you know mm-hmm. didn't have games taken away due to injury, contract disputes, and lockouts. Like we're talking, you know, a, a, a generational play. I mean, he was. He was. He was as easy of a goal scorer as anybody. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I decided to play around with his career a little bit, Joe. Okay. And uh, and he played. I I forgot how many games he played. Let me let me look at it real quick. So he played seventeen seasons. Uh, retired at just age thirty five, which is kind of sad in itself, right? Yeah. Um, well, his game was speed, and you tend to lose speed, but yeah. Yeah, but like there are guys who maintained it. It was it was the injuries. His his legs gave out. More sure. than he lost speed because, like you know, you got guys like Matt Cullen and uh, Rod Brindamore. Like, if you could skate, you know, as long as your legs are, are still there, like mm-hmm. you know, if you can skate, you can stay in the league for a long, a lot longer than that. But let's say sure. he played seventy-seven games per year, and I know, I know, we're we're talking about like him, you know, being an Iron Man at this point. That's fine. Uh, let Let's just play around with that, right? At his actual career averages, so we're talking point. Uh, three nine goals per game, which is uh, which is you know pretty significantly less than uh, than you know this hypothetical that we concocted, uh, right? And uh, and 
and 0.79 uh, points per game, right? Yep. So if he, in this scenario, he would play over 1,300 games, 1,309 games, uh, which okay. is up almost 300 from what he actually played at, and his goal and point totals would rise considerably. 510 goals and 1,011 points. Um, he would be about 30 goals away from the 32nd best goal scorer of all time. So pretty close, a stone's throw. And 31 of those guys are either Hall of Famers or surefire Hall of Famers. I think you could make a case for Patrick Marlowe either way. He's the only borderline mm-hmm. guy sure. in that range. So we're, we're talking about just like if he was, you know, what he was throughout his entire career. But given him the games to, you know, mm-hmm. play 1,300 games, like we're talking about a borderline Hall of Famer. And this is without getting into some of the more stuff that we're going to come up with. Next. Yeah. Well, let's come up with that right after this break, too, because uh, we can get really. I guess, crazy with some of the hypotheticals that we could uh, come up with in the next segment. Uh, stick through the break. You're listening to Locked on Wild. And welcome back here on Locked on Wild for your Friday. We are going over the hypotheticals, the what ifs about Marion Gabrick. And Tony, you threw a lot of numbers at us in the last segment. So let's get into some other uh, uh, maybe galaxy brain uh, hypotheticals as well. Um, let's start here. One of the things working against Marion Gabrick when he was a part of the Minnesota wild was that he played for a coach that was really defensive heavy stifled a lot of the offense out of his, out of his forwards because he was so defensively minded. What if like the system was different? What if like, what if he played in a system that was more like uh, Bruce Boudreaux did? <laughs> oh man, what if he what if you had Prime Gabrick playing in in 2016-17 just like how yeah. how wild would that be? I I I couldn't tell you how many goals he would score. Uh I I would assume that given health, uh it would be a lot. Like imagine imagine him getting fed by like Mikhail Granlin. I mean, I guess that's part of the problem and it kind of goes in hand in hand with uh with the next thing that we're gonna kind of dig in mm-hmm. in and that's just like the the talent that he had right right um yeah. like Jacques Lemaire is not a dummy like no he is not uh he is not a dumb coach they got him there because they knew that they weren't gonna have the talent and they knew that they were gonna have to to slow down the offense and and and, and beef up the defense and really play like the most low event hockey anyone's ever low evented. And it was low event. We we it's, went over the numbers. It was ridiculous. We will not we will not burden you with so many numbers in this segment, <laughs> but uh even the good wild teams, we have data for the uh the 2007-08 team, like the one that the one that uh that won the Northwest Division, Joe. Yep. Uh, that it was dead last in expected goals per hour at five on five. It's it's brutal. Just absolutely allergic to offense, and, and then you think, wait, this was the good wild team. Yeah, like they had Demetra. Then they had uh, they had Rolston and, and PMB there, and and just everything else was was just. Brent Burns was a rookie. Yeah, yeah like 
We're 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 talking we're talking like the best team that Minnesota had seen up to that point, and mm-hmm. that team was objectively terrible at offense, <laughs> and uh, and not even like great in terms of dominating the uh, the the uh, the possession of the puck or anything like that. So yeah, yeah like uh, not not a not a very talented team. Jacques had his system playing accordingly. Like hey. Uh, if we can grind down everything to a halt, maybe we can get better goaltending than the other guy. And you know what? There were years where that absolutely worked. But absolutely did. that does not do very well when you are nurturing a guy of, of Marion Gabrick's talents and, and looking for those to, to bloom, uh, especially. Uh, so, yeah, like if if he had a better system and teammates that could uh, that could you know, do better for him? Like, mm-hmm. would that have increased his numbers? It absolutely would have, I think. But Oh, I think so, too. To what degree? I, I think we don't know. I, I don't know if we can know that. I'm sure there's some weird, like, algorithm with linear regression that you could try to figure it out as, like, some Boudreaux multiplier, but... Uh, <laughs> As, as that's way above our pay grade at this point. So yeah, we got to get the twins, and even the twins might not yeah. respond to our email there. Right, they might just tell us to just leave it alone. You don't want to know. Um, well, you talked about teammates. Um, we can get into teammates. What if he had better teammates? I, I think that uh, I think that's an interesting question. Um, the only problem is like this is like expansion wild, and mm-hmm. you know they're they're not. I, I don't think at any point they had like a, a really great farm system, uh, especially in the middle of the decade. They were they were known yeah. for just like drafting what could politely be called just absolute dogs. <laughs> it was bad. Yeah, we can go over kind of the drafts that they could have maybe picked up better players. So um, they they actually did pretty well in the first round in their first few seasons. Uh, yeah. They had uh, obviously they had uh, Marion Gabrick to start out. Miko Koivu in the second year of their drafting. Yeah. Yep. Pierre Marc Bouchard in the third year, and like that's another what if guy. Yeah. And then uh, and then Brent Burns, but after right, that, yeah. yeah, yeah, we're talking AJ Thielen, Benoit Pouliot, and James Shepard, like. Talk about your swings and misses there, and and here's the players that like. That's you not even a swing and miss. You know that uh, you know that pitch where Randy Johnson threw and he hit the bird. <laughs> That's like if you swung at that. <laughs> Doesn't even cross the plate, but yep. You like maybe foul off like a beak. Yeah, as a as a GM, you do not want to swing at the ball that hits the 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 white bird. You want to be Vlad Guerrero and swing at the bad pitch and still hit a home run. Oh God, Vlad, <laughs> so good. Yeah, um, but here's some players I'm gonna list off real quickly. You know what? Uh, they Minnesota would have been better picking up uh, 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 drafting <laughs> Vladimir Guerrero. <laughs> here's some players real quick. Uh, in O two, it was Alex Semen. Alex Alexander Steiner, Chris Higgins, um, and we're and I was only looking at like left uh, uh, wingers and centers too. Um, in 03, there was oh, if you didn't pick Brent Burns, there was Ryan Kessler, Brian Boyle, uh, Corey Perry, or Patrick Eves. But we actually liked the picks that they picked there. Here's where they could have picked in 04 instead of AJ Thielen, Alexander Radulov, Travis Zajac. 
Uh, and then there's even Drew Stafford, who um, was a serviceable player. Uh, Radulov would have been so cool. Yeah, it would have been way cool. Um, and Stafford was was good with Vanek in Buffalo for a few years. Uh, clear, I would have taken Drew Stafford over AJ Thielen any day, by the way, <laughs> knowing what we know now. Um, in 05, uh, Benoit Pouliot was picked. Later in that in that draft, they could have picked Andre Kopitar, Martin Hansel, or TJ Oshie. I mean, even Carey Price gives them more, <laughs> more playoff Price, appearances. Carey Price solves a lot of issues. <laughs> <laughs> and then 06 with the James Shepard draft. Um, I mean, you're looking at – I wouldn't say it's like a great draft there, but – but there was other NHL caliber players. You're looking at Micro for League, Yuri Toulouse, the um, Brian Little, Trevor Lewis, was a, who's a solid player. Okay. Nick Foligno. But the big one there is Claude Giroux. Yeah, that would have been that would have been such a good one for for Gabrick because like Giroux is this amazing playmaker. This uh, this guy who you know he's been an MVP caliber talent at some point mm. that's the guy who like out of, out of the guys that they could have picked uh I, I look at that and i'm like man what if you brought that small redhead goal scoring <laughs> guy and put well, that here, guy I thought you were describing you. ed sheeran <laughs> and, and put that guy next to to marion gabrick and like you know that's another thing too another what if is just like what if there was someone like claude Giroux here where yeah. it was like Okay, Marion Gabrick's gonna stay. Like, well, that- yeah. Like, well, what? If, here's another what if. We go back to that 05 draft where they picked Benoit Pouliot, but who went first overall that draft? Sidney Crosby. What if they won the draft lottery that year? Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about perennial playoff team and, and, and cup contender for years. I want to look at. I'm sorry. I want to look at uh, like what Jake Gensel. Uh, yeah, Jake Gensel, this third round pick from Omaha, who at age 21 scored 19 goals at the University of Nebraska Omaha. Right, like yep. this guy. This guy goes in the NHL, hangs out with Sidney Crosby for a little bit, and he's a 40 goal scorer. <laughs> <laughs> scored 60 with Crosby. Oh, Are you man. kidding me? Are you yeah. kidding me? Like Marion Gavrick would be like, he, he'd be like, uh, he'd be like the Yari Curry there. He'd have like, oh yeah, like we're we're talking about him being like a stone's throw away from like surefire Hall of Famer, right? Oh yeah, like, like uh, in our in our in our absurd, not absurd, but in our uh, in our best case scenario hypothetical, mm-hmm. you have him at five hundred ten goals. If you put him with Crosby, like what? You add another hundred on top of that. Oh, it gotta be yes, something just crazy. It's oh, the wild. If only they caught a break and said that it goes to um, Pittsburgh. Yeah, but I mean, you know, Benoit Pouliot had a decent career too. <laughs> Certainly, no Crosby. All right, I, I had a lot of fun in this exercise. I mean, the knife was twisted in that wound a little bit with a, with a good, healthy dose of salt being shaken over it. But uh, at this point, it's just fun. It's just yeah, fun. It's, it's fun. All right, Tony, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at oh, hi, Tony. You can find my work at The Athletic Minnesota. You can find me on Twitter at JoeBoo15, as well as follow my work at ZoneCoverage.com. 
That's going to do it for today's show. If you liked today's show, please hit subscribe so your device sends it to you every time there's a new episode without having to do any work. Please leave a review and a rating on whatever podcast service you use. It does help us out. Get found by more wild fans such as yourself. And we like reading those reviews, too. Uh, At least I do. Um, You can also follow the podcast on Twitter. Just look us up at LockedOnWild. And you can also get in touch with us via email. Email us at LockedOnWild at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Locked on Wild. And be sure to check us out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for the time being until hockey resumes. That way you can stay on top of everything revolving around your Marion Gabrick hypotheticals every day. <laughs>